This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. Hey there, hi there, ho there, you are listening to The Blockade Podcast. I am your host, Shut Your Trap, a.k.a. Chris Freebus. Joining me, from the other side of the world, Jared Morgan. Hello. How is everything going in the U.S. of the A's? Uh, oh, you really want to know how it's going in the U.S. of A's? You, no, you no, have, I think I know how it's going. Yes, you have seen the week that, uh, that transpired here. <laughs> well, I've seen it all right. Yes, I've yes. seen it. Yes, in the in the good old US of A, we have this wonderful election system where somebody can win a popular vote and still manage to lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's yes. difficult. It's difficult <clears throat> explaining to people from other countries um, about our electoral college because they're. Oh, no. Well, I googled it. I understand it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody just kind of goes, "Huh? Why would you do that?" <laughs> yeah, it but is without going. I was going to say, without going too deep into the political quagmire that is this new <laughs> term of election, um, the, it was interesting to read how the the um, collegiate votes work. Um, yeah. And it's it seems like something that's hearkening from the days of the 1800s. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's time to rethink that, considering that everyone has a car now and can actually well, get well, to... Right, because here's the thing. It's like... We also, okay, so the Electoral College doesn't actually get ratified until, I believe it's uh, December 9th or December 19th, something like that. And then the uh, swearing-in doesn't even happen until January. And yes, from the 1800s, that was to allow time for uh, The mail to deliver all the votes. Well, not only the mail to deliver all the votes, but then for the people to hop in their horse and buggy and travel all the way to D.C. to be able to witness the inauguration. Yeah, um, right. So yeah, it is very bizarre because it's like now you've got uh, the president who sits here for the next two months, basically uh, not being able to do anything other than do a flurry of pardons and uh, little <laughs> little things to throw in there. Like I'm on my way out here. Let's let's make that pass. And, yeah, well, uh, that went through. That went through. That went right. through. Oh, this one. I've been wanting to do this for ages. Let's bash that in as well. Pretty <laughs> much. Pretty much. Um, and meanwhile, everybody else is, you know, losing their minds over at the, at the uh, same time. So it's, yeah. it's, the, it's basically the presidential version of like free play. He can do what really? he likes, <laughs> play whatever he likes and do what he likes. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's interesting times here right now because, um, uh, when half your voting pop, I shouldn't say half the population because literally Half the population that could vote didn't. So no, there's no. America also. We're, we're we're wonderful on that front. Um, but yeah. of half the people that threw their votes, I mean, it was almost a dead even heat. So mm, uh, it really makes a a harsh divide. And yeah, we got protests going on. And uh, yeah, it's not pretty <laughs> over there. It's in not some pretty. parts it's... of the some parts of the US. We we're what's interesting, here, of course. Right, but, but um, then of course, what's interesting is you walk around the street, um, you know, here in California and. Uh, Hey, it's just another day. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys all voted blue, mostly. Anyhow, like it was. Oh, it was great. Did... It was it was great. California, uh, the returns they have a specific time when they're due, 
and the news can then start uh, analyzing the numbers and saying, you know, did, start making their predictions of which way it's going to turn, which way it's not. And obviously for mm. some of these swing states, uh, you know, like Florida, I mean, guy, it was two hours, three hours after the votes were turned in and they still didn't know which way it was going to go. Yeah. So I'm watching well, California though. I'm watching it. They literally <laughs> are doing a countdown to 8 PM, which is when California is locked in. And it goes, it, it was like, 57, 58, 59, and California, uh, all delegates go to Clinton. It was like there was no hesitation at all. No way. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah, this is a surety. There's no yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, there's some things in life that are uh, basically if California ever votes uh, Republican, it's a landslide win for whoever the Republican is. Cause, yeah, that's right. It's, <laughs> that's, it, it's it takes just a lot to make California go some other direction. But anyway, yeah, yeah so that's that's what this week has been. <laughs> been That's like. a week that was in politics. The FUBAR snafu <laughs> politics. That's all. <laughs> yeah, that happened this week. I actually yes. sent out a tweet because there was a lot of nasty things being thrown around by the rest of the world. And I said, you remember, it's not nice to kick people when they're down. So <laughs> when we're talking to our friends in America, the rest of the world needs to play nicely. Well, my, my favorite was, nice was uh, it was a little, uh, uh, a little sign basically it said you know uh, with brexit in england yeah and they were like they're like well we pretty much pulled off the ultimate uh, oh no and then the little comment was from america oh just hold wait. on beer. hold on don't, wait 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 don't count us out yet <laughs> yeah no it was like i saw a different one too it's like oh yeah so you know surely nobody no other nation could do a worse job than england <laughs> uh, as we do with Brexit, and the US says, "Hold my beer, I've got this." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, all you can times. do about it now is just laugh. I mean, no matter which side you uh, you actually are for, and luckily, you can do is the, laugh the good because... news is, I was oh. going to say, the good news about all this is, is California is now legalized marijuana, so you guys are set, right? You know, <laughs> just, just chuff on and just chuff your way through the next four years, and you'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so a uh, little bit of uh, news that we want to uh, just get out of the way and let you know so we're going to be uh, taking a break from the podcast for at least the next two weeks um maybe a third week it depends on how much fun jared has on his anniversary vacation with his wife and no kids <laughs> and no kids that's right so there'll be uh, the euro trip we're going to abu dhabi we're going to london and we're going to paris so that, that pretty much sums it up and we'll be spending different time in different places and it'll be great. And the last thing in the world Jared wants to do is edit our little podcast, even if I went on without him. So yeah, we're going to take right. that I, <laughs> I won't be taking my, my laptop with me at all. So I can just imagine you'd be like, uh, no, honey, I've got to do this. You go shopping. Oh, yeah, go shopping. I just got to do this podcast thing, and then I got to do some post production on it. Like, it only take me like three hours max each right. week. Should yeah, be looking at me yeah. going, "Oh, really? Really? <laughs> <laughs> cool story, bro. All right, yeah. <laughs> throw that thing out the window." Yeah. So who are you? Uh, who are you dumping the whippersnappers off on? Uh the grandparents. They are the winners. Grandparents, and yes, they yeah, actually they are the winners. They, or at least uh, they think they're the winners. <clears throat> it's funny because. <laughs> It's actually still school season down here, so they're going to be having to do uh-huh. drop off and pick up and all that sort of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So, mm. I predict three days in, they're going to be like, "I'm so tired." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I reckon that's exactly what's going to be happening as well. <laughs> but we'll be uh, over probably in between airports or either in business class drinking champagne, so we won't yes. really care. 
Yeah. Fantastic. So we'll let you all know when we're uh, when we're going to be back up and podcasting. Um, it's also this is the season with you know holidays in America with Thanksgiving, and then we got Christmas coming up for everybody. Um, hmm. We reserve the right to take time off, and so we will be. <laughs> That's right, because within the um, employment agreement of Blockade, we get unlimited holidays whenever we want to take them. <laughs> it's a, it's an excellent working conditions. There is no dental though, unfortunately, so that sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are you in dire need of the dental there <laughs> not really okay, <laughs> just, just, there yeah. isn't anyone <laughs> yeah. uh, okay so uh, why, don't we, why don't we talk some pinball this week we didn't talk much pinball yeah, last good. week yeah you want to talk some pinball yeah, this do, week let's, yeah, let's do some pinball that'd be good All right. well you know what uh, we've, we've asked for people to go ahead and you know drop us an email now and then drop us a twitter now and then and uh this week, we had uh, two requests for topics to talk about. Uh, from the Twitters, Andrew Driver uh, asked us, what are the most realistically challenging tables in TPA? And I thought, well, that's something that we can discuss, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> now, the funny thing is we're really good at about talking about tables that aren't realistic in TPA. We've never really right. thought about the the most realistic uh, difficulties, mm. and obviously, I kind of had to narrow the field down to tables that I have actively played recently, so I can even Comment think on. about. Yeah, yeah, um, but that didn't that didn't stop me from throwing in uh, one one table that I haven't played in a very long time, but it just seems to play realistically difficult so let's jump in i've got i've got five tables that i want to uh, mention and uh we'll see we'll see what you think about these jared um okay. so the one that i have not played in a very long time but i find it painfully difficult for some reason on tpa is space shuttle oh okay i, that... I seem to think that it is actually a difficult playing table uh in tpa it's hard to control the ball and not have it go out the airlock and hitting mm. those drop points to save the airlock is very difficult also. Yeah, you do have to glance them off the um, the, the right three targets, apparently, is the trick there. Yeah. Um, but yes, you do. It's it's not easy to re reopen that airlock. And it's because of that airlock there, the game and the table was designed to drain quite readily down that outlane. So right. it's, it is brutal um, down that outlane. Now, I have heard tale that there are railroads available in the TPA version of the game. I myself have just not been able to discover them. I mean, even when people have said specifically what to hit, I'm not getting mm. a regular uh, a regular ball bounce like some people apparently are. So, again, you know, your mileage may vary, but I do remember a time of playing Space Shuttle where I seem to have been able to earn extra balls with no problem in real life, but then again, it might have been a freak accident because I also do. Yeah, I absolutely remember that airlock sucking things up. And I also don't believe uh, locking the balls uh, for multi-ball was all that easy either. And it's not. It's certainly not in TPA, uh, especially the the right side lock. I cannot hit that, you know, with a practice shot to save my life. It's always just, it randomly bounces in in order for me to lock that one. Come to think of it, I, I tend to have them sort of dribble into the holes as well, not necessarily a directed shot. I think the the shot map for those particular holes is a very late flip um, yeah. from the tip of the flipper. But yeah, it's 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 uh, 
an interesting one, that one. I, I, I don't know what it is about that table. It doesn't come across as being an aggressive table, like as far as the drains go, but you're right. There is an element of risk with it. Um, and it, it does seem to center around the outlands predominantly. I, I think the ramp is fine. Like yeah. you don't really get too many drains in the ramp and the, the little um, dead end ramp where mm-hmm. the, the, the switch target is, that's fine as well. Like those ones are pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's anywhere around the outlands. They just suck it down. Uh, another mm. table that I think uh, some people would question me on, but I've played it plenty in real life uh, recently to think that it's not too far off, but uh, Circus Voltaire. I know yes. people think that it's floaty in the <clears throat> game, but i got news for you. It's kind of floaty in real life also, and those, when you shoot the loops, and when the ball comes around, and it seems like it's just, Right at the tip of your flipper. That's real life too. I mean, it's sketchy. Yeah, behind the ringmaster. Yeah, that's a deadly shot in real yeah. life, and it's it is somewhat risky in um, TPR. I'm almost every single time I shoot the uh, the loop. I forget what it's called. It's got spinner on it that activates it. So, yeah, every single time I'm always doing a little nudge because it always looks like it's going down the middle. <laughs> And you're right, that does behave exactly like that in real life. And also, the outlanes can either be liberal or they can be brutal. Right. It depends on on how they juggle around because it's a very shallow inlane. Um, it's like pretty much a um, a post and then straight into the, uh, the inlane again and likewise to the outlane. So you don't have a lot of time to react and it's, it is somewhat tricky. Uh, in real life, the uh, ramp shot, the big ramp for the lock, is treacherous um, as well. Not so much in TPA, I, I find. It's usually pretty safe. Um, but I think shooting the ringmaster in real life is also a little more treacherous. Yes, um, it can be a lot treacherous. That being um, said, I've had games where all I wanted to do was shoot the ringmaster because I thought that would be how I would score best in the tournament. And I was able to knock off every single ringmaster. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, it's not... Again, it depends on the table that you're playing, what the slope on the table is, how bouncy the rubber is, and everything else like that. The only yep. knock... I think people with playing TPA, it's one of those tables that desperately needs some love by mm. Farsight. Um, it's one of those that notoriously the ball flies off the table. Um, that, it, like we said, it's a little floaty. Um, it's got glitches. It, it does have glitches. I have to yeah. say that uh, one thing that's totally unrealistic about it is when you shoot the juggler ramp, which is the right loop to that wire form ramp on the left, yeah. almost always in the arcade, if you're playing this table in real life, the ball will fly off that ramp. It will actually leave it because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have enough guards on it. Mm-hmm. And there is a high likelihood that your ball will fly off the ramp just as it gets to where the outlane is, where it has a sharp little... Uh, twist, and you'll probably find your ball goes down the outlane because it just jumps off the ramp, hops down to the outlane, and see you later. <laughs> so it doesn't do that on TPA. It's well and truly fastened to it, but it it doesn't quite do that in real life. It's a it's a stupid design on the ramp. Um. Now, my next pick would be Safe Cracker. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly how it plays in real life. It's a it horrible is. game. And it's one of those that you'll have one game where 
it's over and done with before you can even you know blink your eye. And then another game where you'll just run it and run it and run it, and everything seems to be going correct and good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think that Farsight nailed that one. Uh, yeah. it, it, it just... <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty hard on them when they were developing that one in beta. Right. <laughs> because it's like, it was my, my grail table. Right. So when that was in beta testing, I was pretty brutal with the feedback I was giving them. And I think the, they pretty much had the difficulty, like the way the table flowed pretty much. Okay. Uh, upon release, mm-hmm. which really impressed me. There was just a few things that were a little bit too easy. Uh, in real life, that ball um, coming out of the scoop um, flies out of that table. Um, I think it could be harder in TPA because um, it, it really, it's a it's like you, <laughs> your ass clinches every time it shoots out of there <laughs> in real life. It is always like, whoa, here it comes. And you're almost like just your, your whole body tenses up and tries to get ready to react about which way it's going to kick it out because in real life too, it's not exactly... Um, repeatable in the way it actually throws the ball out because um, you know there's like some there's a, a target for the alarm sort of hanging around there as well yeah. and sometimes it clips it and it throws the ball off and you have to react super quick otherwise straight down the guts uh, okay now this next one pretty much got universally mentioned uh, when it was first released and I only recently was able to play it myself in real life, and I kind of got to give it the nod, and that's Dracula. Yep. That one um, is... Um, I hate it. In <laughs> TPA. I hate playing that game in TPA. It is so finicky. Trying to, the, I mean, outlines. the The outlines, wow. the shot, the, the scoop on the uh, left-hand side of the table that basically starts all your modes, you might say, the mystery hole, I believe it is. Yep, yes. Um... That's it's so hard such a narrow little gap, uh-huh. and hitting things like rats, uh, mm-hmm. which is all the way on the lower right hand side of the table, is a, just is nerve wracking because you got to let that ball just go right to the tip before you flip. Yep, absolutely. Um, it's it is the thing, painful that way. Um, it's, only, it's all about the outlines for me on that thing. Like yeah, that, the, the outline tuning is exactly like it is in real life. So it's I finally horrible. I finally played it uh, recently, uh, and everything was the it was the exact same experience. Hit, trying to hit that mystery hole was a bear. Trying to um, hit rats was a bear. The only thing that I will say is that the left hand ramp, the castle ramp, I believe it is, um, much easier in TPA than it is on the real. Yep. It really, uh, even with well-tuned flippers on a real table, it will only just make it around the ramp. Yes. Yeah. Where it just flies around the thing like it's got a flipper quarter three times the strength of it on it. Yeah. So that that would be my knock against it, mm. but uh, you know, in TPA. But otherwise, it's it's that same brutality of if you don't know the rules of what to shoot, you ain't scoring much. Once you know yeah. what to shoot, then you can start racking up your score but the table does not help you. It, it's not holding your hand as you walk through it and, and going, hey, look at this. Oh, yeah, this, this is how we'll score a you know, mega jackpot. <laughs> the other thing with that table that's uh, usually a, a really risky thing to do is shooting those center castle targets. Oh, boy. They're like an insta-drain normally on the real table. 
Yeah. You know, that's the three stand-ups you got to smash because mm -hmm. usually over time, unless the machine's well-maintained, the targets start to get a bit of pushback on them. So the, the bracket goes from being 90 degrees to like, you know, maybe 100 degrees and uh, the ball just launches off them and the ball flies over the play field, over your flippers and into the out hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's so shit. <laughs> so that's, a, that's a terrible, terrible game, that one, for that. Um, you really do have to keep your, um, keep your maintenance up on those targets because they get slammed. And then my, so my, your... my, my final choice mm. for table uh, that I think <clears throat> matches pretty realistically the difficulty of, of a machine in real life um, goes to Adam's family. Apart yep. from the power, which is overpowered in TPA, no doubt about it, um, yeah. it'll stop the ball like dead in its tracks on yes. TPA, whereas yeah. it will only just course correct the ball in real life. But the, but that's the, that's the funny thing. So in TPA, it'll stop it and send it flinging right down the out lane, which yes. um, which does happen in the real table. But the real table kind of has that slingshot effect a lot of times, where it'll catch the ball and the ball will kind of like arc in a half circle and then release from the magnet and be tossed mm. in some random direction. So in effect. Uh, the power can be just as devious on a real table as it is on TPA. It's just TPA is noticeable for you know how quickly it slams on the brakes. Um, yes, but true. every other aspect of that table I have found to be fairly bang on. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, it's uh, it's good from both a reference perspective, just for recognizability for folks yeah. we've talked about. Past, but yes, tuning wise, it's like yes, it does have that feel to it that makes you go, yeah, they've got this right, they've got yeah. this one. The other ones I was looking at, um, strangely enough, um, a couple of them come from season six, and there's a reason why I've picked them from a realism perspective, because in season six, a lot of work has been done on tuning the tables before they go out. Uh, at least on Android. It's, again, tuning is different per platform. Yeah. Um, but for me on Android, um, I've seen the evolution of 8-Ball Deluxe's tuning um, over time. Before, mm -hmm. like, when it first released, it was just basically turbo flippers everywhere. But Rob has really dialed it back down to the point where it, it still is maybe a little, a little bit fast, but it's like pretty accurate for how that era pinball machine plays now. Okay. So my pick would be eight ball deluxe for that reason. Cause I've, I've been involved in actually getting it tuned right about mm -hmm. the, the feel of it. Um, I think also probably for, I'd say F 14 as well is pretty, pretty accurate specifically concerning the Yagov kickback <laughs> that, yeah. that thing yeah it's pretty much identical <laughs> in, in tpa as it is in real life that thing just rockets that ball back towards you and the fact that because the ball is traveling so fast in tpa that it almost drops frames when it does it gives you that extra sense of speed yeah when it comes back at you it's like yeah that's about right actually um i have to say that fireball yes that's another one as well that I'd give a nod to. Fireball has quite, for me, quite accurate EM um, tuning now 
particularly as they adjusted the, the the way the flippers behave when they're together and you try and juggle a ball on the flippers. That's actually a lot more realistic now and, and how it behaves in real life. My only the question one, with that would be, hmm. I don't know if you've experienced this, but once with the flippers together, me flipping uh, uh, right flipper backhanded basically to the uh, right uh I don't know what you what you, what you want to call that. Uh, I don't know if that's Odin or the, you know the saucer. saucer. But and then yep. it goes down the lane and collects your you know one to three thousand points. Mm-hmm. Um, once I get in a rhythm, I can go all day on that thing. It seems. I mean, and I I'm totally exaggerating. Oh, sure. <laughs> maybe I can go twenty shots in a row. But um, and I just wonder if it's that repeatable on an actual EM. Probably not. See, I've never encountered that before. I've never tried to actually do a, a repeated shot over and over again. But it's for me, it's all about the feel of how the game feels when you're playing it just normally rather than trying to game a shot or something like that. Maybe right. that's the wrong way of looking at it. Maybe you do need to actually game a shot to understand whether the table is realistic or not. But that's what I'm thinking because in terms of difficulty, mm. until you learn that shot, yes, the table is very difficult. I mean, God, I was, it was killing me. And yeah. then I read that on one of the threads and I was like, hmm, let me try that. And it was like, wow, okay, this is, and I mean, my score jumped by thousands with no problem. I was able to bang out the wizard goals, no problem, once I discovered that. And it's kind mm-hmm. of a fairly wide window of, uh, uh, of that shot in terms of getting it up there and rolling it back down. And then it's a pretty safe roll down too. Um, just yeah. let it bounce a couple of times on the, on the, the slingshots and it's back in your flipper. Um, okay. So, I've had a different experience to you and it potentially it could be different on mobile than it is on um, PC as well with the tuning. Um, so that's another factor as well. Yeah. I mean, I've had the, the exact one. same experience on, on iOS. So I don't know. Okay. Maybe it is. There you go. That's where we differ, but I don't know what you think about this, but uh, there's Hurricane is one that I'd like to probably put out there as well as being well-tuned. Hurricane is the one with the two Ferris wheels of the roller coaster tables. Now, the reason why I give that special mention is that I remember when I was playing this in the arcade um, back in the 90s, and there's a particular way the ball travels when it comes out of the Ferris wheel. It goes down... The, without any power behind it, it just dribbles out of the Ferris wheel and then goes down the, the over the flipper loop and then it only just manages to clear the little top arc of the loop and go onto the rail that takes you to the left outland. And when I saw that happen in the game the first time, I went, Ooh, you nailed that from hmm. a, a, a tuning perspective because it, it was like sometimes in the real game, it would actually just not quite make it and it would actually feed back down the loop where it actually has the exit to the left flipper, has like the safety zone that if okay. the ball rejects, it will actually drop it down the left flipper so you don't lose it down the guts. Hmm. But in, in TPA, it has this tantalizing moment where you go, oh, is it going to make it? And it just goes plop and just makes it onto the rail. You go, beautiful. And the other thing that I love about Hurricane is I think it was probably the first table that Farsight experimented with... Um, different ramp tuning on the entries of the ramps because if you don't get a clean shot to that ramp it'll rattle up the ramp and come back down ah. i've never i've never seen i've never seen a a table actually do that until that table 
But if you have a good clean shot, it'll make it all the way up around the ramp. And it doesn't exactly scream around the ramp either. It does make it around the ramp about the same speed as it would in a real table. But if you balk it and you glance it off a target, it will rattle up the ramp and come back down again at you. So that's a pretty accurate representation of how that one works. I'll have to uh, notice that. I, I haven't paid much attention because mm. hurricane. <laughs> yeah, it's not the... That's the thing. It's not the most exciting table to play. It's it is one of those limited rule set system yeah. 11s, I once think. Just, yeah, once you discover the rules, you just kind of realize that it's it's not, it's not very deep. <laughs> yeah, it's not very yeah. deep at all. It's really not that deep. So really, I draw the line pretty much. If if you're going to give a general recommendation to people, I'd probably draw the line at probably season three onwards. Um, if you wanted to go and get tables that represented how they played in real life, with perhaps the exception of the Kickstarter tables like Terminator 2 and um, Twilight Zone to an extent. Yeah. Um, but I think that would be about it, I'd say. Um, it would just be season three onwards with those ones we've highlighted. Uh, they're good picks. Um, I, think they, I think you'd be in good stead if you picked those. So there you go, Andrew. That's uh, that's our response. Thanks for writing in and giving us a uh, topic suggestion. If you have a topic suggestion that you would like us to address, why don't you go ahead and uh, send us a note on Twitter, and we'll throw it in the hopper and uh, maybe throw it up on the podcast next time. Uh, or now you know what? What's that? Well, you get, I was just about to rudely interrupt you there with a segue. Yes, but, you were. Um, it's ruined. It's ruined now. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say to finish off? Well, I was going to say the other way that you can contact us uh, is the way that Graham Best did. That is with an email to blah, blah, blockade at gmail.com. But uh, did you mm. want to spoil the, the, the segue there some more, Jared? Or uh... <laughs> No, no, I think it, it probably makes sense to have a chat what um, Greg wants to ask. Um, and then I'll go on to the topic that I was thinking of. Okay. So what did, so what did Greg have to, what, what did Greg ping us about on the email? Well, except for the fact that it's not Greg, it's Graham. Oh, Graham. Graham. Graham, Greg. Yeah. Thanks the, for writing. The guy that started with you. Yes. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Dude, that's what we do here in Australia. If we don't know your name, it's mate. G'day, mate. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, here's what he writes. I've been playing Pinball Arcade on the Xbox 360 and then the Xbox One. Farside hasn't updated the Pinball Arcade on the consoles in a while, but I still want to play Pinball. What would be a good portable device, such as a tablet, to play Pinball Arcade? Is there a good, cheap Android tablet that plays Pinball Arcade well? Is it worth the extra money to get a more expensive Windows tablet for the lighting effects or other features? Thoughts? Hmm. Very good question. There's, um, there's two ways I'd probably suggest you go here if you're looking for a tablet on Android. Um, look for something from this year, um, or with one exception... Um, go back a year before this and have a look at the Shield tablet. Um, the Shield tablet is probably still available from some retailers. It's technically discontinued, um, but the, the Shield tablet has a K1 processor in it, which is practically like a PC processor. Um, it's got about, I think, a, an incredibly insane GPU in it, which is like 840 cores or something like that. And um, it's got... Uh, to go along with that package, it's also got a custom controller that pairs seamlessly with it. And it's a very good controller as well. It's Wi-Fi Direct, so it's not Bluetooth, but Wi-Fi Direct, which means that you can plug your headphones in, 
into it and listen to your music while the tablet is plugged into your TV and you're almost using it like a console. Um, so that is what I own at the moment is a Shield tablet and I don't have any complaints. It's a super powerful tablet and it's not just good for TPA, uh, it's good for Zen and also pretty much any other video game that's released on, on Google. Um, for example, if you'd like Pin Out, I've got Pin Out, which is the, the new sort of puzzle with a pinball aesthetic game that I've been raving on about. So Pin Out on my Nexus 6P, um, it plays okay. Like There's nothing performance-wise that's um, problematic on it, but there is a graphics mode on it called um, Extreme. And on the Nexus 6P, um, it won't do it at all. It gets choppy and it looks really, really bad. But on the Shield tablet, it goes, meh, yeah, whatever, sure. We'll go extreme, go anything else. So it's a pretty capable tablet. If you what didn't the, want to go... What is the price uh, range of something of that nature? The Shield tablets are cheap. They are pretty much an entry-level tablet with huge specs. So I think you can probably buy the K1 for 299 US. Wow. Um, and that is that is a bargain for that yeah. spec of tablet. The only thing, the only downside is because it does have a K1 processor in it, it chews the juice like nothing okay. else. So it, it is hungry on the battery, but that is what you get when you have something with such a hugely powerful processor in it. Um, so look, I'd still recommend it because it's great and it actually has an SD card slot in it as well and an HDMI out port. So you can actually upgrade the memory and get yourself a 32 gig one and then buy a 64 or 128 gig card and basically use Android's um, memory system um, switch out on it to mount your card as a hard drive and use it as a, as a hard drive for all your content. So it, it's pretty nice for that reason. So... That would be my hot pick. Okay. But that's not the only option you have. Probably out of the price versus bang for buck, that's that would be the pick for sure. But if you had a little bit more um, greenbacks to spend, you might want to consider the Sony line of tablets or the Xperia range. Now, the advantage that these tablets have is they let you pair up a PS3 or 4 controller natively using a proprietary Bluetooth stack that's only available on Xperia devices. So you have access to, probably not so relevant for you being on Xbox, but if you had access to the PlayStation network, it actually has that built into it. Plus, they're also blisteringly powerful tablets as well. Um, they use a different processor, so I think they're Snapdragon processors rather than Tegra, which is what's on the, um, the Shield. But um, the... The thing I really like about those ones is they're, they're big, they're thin, they've got large batteries, and they allow you to pair that controller natively without having to root your device and put on a control emulator or anything like that. It's all built in to the device, and it works reportedly really, really well. I've seen really positive reviews for it on Pinball Arcade fans for those people who actually have gone down that path. And I'll tell you what, I play uh, on, my, on the PC. I use a PS4 controller, and obviously I... Uh, when I was playing on the PS3, I was using the PS3 controller, but the PS4 controller is really comfortable and excellent for playing TPA with. Um, mm. I find that the the analog stick on the left-hand side for the uh, 
for nudging. It's exactly where my thumb is. It's really reactive for when I touch it. So, man, that'd be a big selling point to me to be able to just yeah. not have to worry about some third-party programs where I make it connect or anything else like that. Um, to just be it's really slick. Pair, gone. There you go. I mean, because I imagine that that means also the lag is pretty much non-existent. That's correct. If it's all native and it's part yeah. of the operating system, yeah, lag is really good. But the there are other really commonly known options on Android, like six axis, which is a, a thing that uh, an app that allows you to pair any PlayStation controller to your um, device. It actually implements its own custom Bluetooth stack that it overloads onto your Bluetooth stack on your device, which means, of course, that you need to have your device rooted to do that because it does need system access. Um, but it, it's a good solution for those folks who are listening to this going, yeah, that sounds great, but I'm, how do I use a controller? Well, six axis is the pick for that. Um, so what about, so the other be my picks. Of, what about the other part of his uh, suggestion? Is there a Windows-based tablet? And I, I got to imagine he's talking something like of the uh, the Surface. Hmm, maybe a Surface. I, I'd imagine probably anything capable of running TPA at any decent clip would be a Surface Pro, the very latest version of it. Um, I can't, I'm not the best guy to ask here because I don't have any direct experience with, with Surface anything or in fact, really Windows anything these days because I'm pretty much all Mac. Um, but I understand that those basically are PCs in a palm. Um, so as long as you did your research about um, things like Bluetooth control support and or even cabled control support, make sure that drivers are there for it. Because that's the problem, of course, with Windows. It is a driver-based um, operating system. So you have to make sure that anything that you want to do actually has its own supporting driver set, whereas Android's a bit different that way. Um, I can understand, though, um, the attraction of wanting to play um, or wanting to get a Windows device because, of course, Windows has access to Xbox Live and all that Exactly, that's their big selling point now. Uh, yeah. And clearly, Graham is an Xbox uh, user, having, like he said, he was on the 360, he's on the Xbox One mm -hmm. right now. Um, I imagine that maybe he knows where a Microsoft Store is, and I would think that if he went to one of those, uh, he could download steam <laughs> onto any of the devices and then yeah. download the trial version of tpa and see how it runs i mean yeah i think if you were if you went in there and you said look mate i'm interested in the surface pro 3 the very best like the highest processor version of it because of course when you buy something like that you have to go for the highest processor i mean you know, we're talking you're like one and a half grand here at least yeah. that's what they retail for down here. So it's not a cheap device, not no, like something not. like the, the Shield, which is incredibly powerful and incredibly affordable. But um, the flip side is you basically get a PC that's in a tablet. In a tablet. So if you want to do away with your PC and use it all in one device, well, it's it's a hard it's a hard thing not to say yes to, right? True. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess those are your options. Um, Android, you've got a good selection of tablets under... I mean, the Xperia will set you back a bit of coin. They, in Australia, they go for about eight or $900. But um, I, I think I imported, because Shield is not released here officially. You have to grey import it. Um, I imported mine when it was 299 US, and I got the controller as well. And I think that runs you about... I think the controller is about... 60 or $70, but worth every cent because it, it's beautifully integrated with the, the tablet. So if you can find a, a shield, um, 
go and do it. I, if, if NVIDIA decide to release another tablet again today um, with upgraded specs and everything, I'd just insta-buy it because they they actually use basically vanilla Android on their devices, very much like Sony do. So when Android release a, a new version like Android 7, the Shield tablet in, in the past got... Um, Android 6 really quickly after um, they release the code. So you, you don't actually get stuck with the device. It doesn't get updated. Oh, very good. Mm. Hey, Jared. Yeah. What did you want to talk about before I start talking about this? Okay. Well, I heard some interesting news today. Now, okay. listeners, listeners, and I'm sure you will also remember um, that uh, children of the 90s will know that no arcade was complete without Daytona USA sitting in there with its track mode running away. And okay. the awesome sounds that were there in the arcade. Um, really, I think there, there hasn't really been an arcade, a pure arcade simulator driving game that has matched the both the revenue earning potential and just the enjoyment factor of Daytona USA, the original. You know, you've got all those ones that allow you to tune your vehicle and, you know, use the card system to do all that sort of thing, right? But that's great, but you've, you've got to basically work on your car in the arcade to do that. And that's really limiting for the casual player who just wants to sit down, drive a car, and then go. Not to mention the person standing behind you going, get off the game! <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So... Again, friend of the show, Andrew Driver, sent around a retweeted a treat from Sega saying, the wait is over. Next week, Daytona USA 3 is released. Now, when I, when I heard this announcement, I went, oh, okay, well, that's, that's really cool. It's very strange that they're actually reinvigorating the Daytona license all these years because the game was released in 1992, I think. And then it had a few sort of incarnations, some of which are loosely connected to Daytona, some which are directly connected, such as um, it went from Daytona USA to Scud Race, which was kind of like Daytona, but with a Model 3 architecture. Then it went to Daytona USA 2, which really was Daytona, but with completely different driving physics engine, which really annoyed a lot of people because they were expecting the same sort of physics engine in Scud Race, or I think it's called Super GT in some regions as well. And then nothing. But the news is that Sega has listened to their fans and they're putting in the original physics engine back into Daytona USA 3. So it will behave exactly the same way as the Gallup races did in 1992. Wow. So you'll be able to drift, you'll be able to do insane feats of driving that really you couldn't do in real life but felt natural in the game. <laughs> Basically... You basically bring all those memory spheres out of your out of your back out of your memory archives, like in Inside Out. Plug them into your main brain center and start playing that thing because it's going to be amazing. Uh, I, I can't wait. Find an arcade that will uh, have it. Yeah, that's right, and that's the that's going to be the real thing because when it was released here in Australia back in uh 1992 there were two variants of the game there were the deluxe one with a big 50 inch rear projection tvs and yeah. there were the like the little twins which were like the sort of 20 inch or 22 inch um crts so the 50 inch um uh projectors were fifty thousand dollars each oh, each so that was not just for like a twin set that was each unit so wow. 
<laughs> and the the twins were twenty five thousand dollars per twin. So if you had an arcade that had an eight of like basically a four unit setup, if you're using the twins or an eight seat deluxe, you were looking at some serious coin that this arcade had committed to. So. In this modern age of arcades, the question I'm asking is, can an arcade owner sustain it? And this is going to be the real question. This is going to be a proving point for Sega, whether they can actually go, hmm, will will an operator pony up uh, enough money to link four of these things together and actually relive the glory days of 1990s? Because these things were licensed to print money in the arcades. Yeah, the trick is that today's arcades don't just have, you know, kids popping in after school and, and filling them up, you know. No, no, uh, they don't. It's it's changed. It's really much redemption. Redemption, redemption is not a if you wanna And if you want to go play an actual arcade game, uh, you got to plan for it, essentially. It's not just, oh, let, you know, let me let me pop over to the, the local arcade and see if they have it. It's No, it's... Where is this arcade? Let me drive over to it. Let me, you know, typically in the U.S. it's going to be, you know, your Dave and Buster's and you know stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, uh, yeah, it kind of that would be a risky proposition. And then, of course, the the operator is going to be like, mm, that sounds like a two dollar play a game. <laughs> oh, at least. But put it this way: when Daytona USA was released over here, it was two dollars back in nineteen ninety. Oh man. So we were getting like two dollars. Well, I mean, why wouldn't it be for fifty thousand dollars? How are you going to make your money back right. on one dollar right. a play, which was the standard going price for a, a game on any machine back then? So yeah, two dollars. It was like it actually caused a, sh- a shift in the industry down here to make operators go. You know what? I can actually charge a bit more for these mm-hmm. premium titles because up until then it was like we even had some arcades operating in twenty cent games here. Okay. And when Daytona USA came in, it just went, okay, so we can actually, people will pay $2 to play a video game. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> let's let's uh, up our money um, from now on. So, yeah, I'd, it's going to be at least like 2 bucks a play down here. I might even think that some locations are going to be making it 3 The only racing game that I remember truly enjoying in the 90s that uh, – me and my buddy, man, we, we couldn't resist it. And I, unfortunately, I don't remember the name of it. So if what I described sounds familiar to you, uh, well, Jared, either if you know it, mention it. Otherwise, please drop us a, uh, drop us a note and uh, solve this issue for me. But I just remember it was a sit-down racer with a hard plastic seat, and the thing had a thumper in it. And it was connected to another... Uh, so you were going head-to-head against somebody else, and you were able to fire weapons of some sort, like machine gun... And when, so if you were trailing behind the person, you started firing off your machine gun, the seat, you would just get this, you know, right in your back, just thwacking you. And then, of course, uh-huh. you would wind up spinning out, and then the guy, the guy would be able to pass you. Um, I mean, this is essentially before Mario Kart was really a, a thing, you might say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just remember it being tons of fun. I want to say it was a rally racing game, a little off-road action. Um, because I don't think it was street racing. I, I want to say it was going through kind of sand dunes and dune buggy-ish kind of yeah. nature. Um, but that was the only... Man, I, I, I specifically remember the arcade. I can remember the wall that it was on. I remember that that arcade had a bunch of pinball machines also. So I basically, I was playing pinball machines, and then my buddy would be like, come on, let's play. And then I'd, I'd go over and I'd, we'd play that and just laugh endlessly. Um, oh, yeah. 
Because it was yeah, truly, I, it was truly an arcade racer in that uh, it was all about the fun and not about how realistic <laughs> any of it was. Um, oh yeah, the other ones I used to love playing um, back then were the um, San Francisco Rush as well. Okay, like that was great. And Cruising USA, I remember going to a trade show and they had the deluxe version of that there, which is basically a car. And it was on a platform with worm drives on each end. So it would actually, yeah. it's a moving motion platform. That thing was amazing. And good old Ridge Racer as well. It was pretty wicked. Um, but yeah, I'm not seeing that game that you're talking about. I I can't remember any game that actually used to whack me in the back with a transducer. That's what that thing would be. Yeah. It would be like a transducer. It was um, loud I as can't hell. remember that. <laughs> I, oh, I bet it was. Yeah. No, I can't remember. It sounds cool, though. Yeah. So, again, if, you, if any of you discover that, hey, drop us a line at Blockade on Twitter or at Shut Your Traps on Twitter or at Jared Morgs. And, uh, hmm. Andrew might know. He's a bit of a retro gamer. He may very well know what you're talking about. Look us up, Andrew. Um, hey, I downloaded uh, during the podcast last week Pinout. And I give it oh, yeah. a little what bit of think? a go. Um, it, boy, is it a Tron game. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> and, and, the, and then you said, it's all about the backhands. So without even hesitating, I was like, here comes the ball. Catch that ball and backhand it. And hey, look at that. It goes right down the path. Isn't that amazing? Um, <laughs> I've managed to get to the third checkpoint. I have not actually purchased the game yet, but mm -hmm. it's getting to that point where it takes a long time to get far in that game. I mean, yeah. truthfully. And you get to that point and then you see that countdown happening and you just start sweating bullets because you're like, <laughs> no, I'm almost to the next jump. And, and suddenly what used to be just kind of a natural shot to a ramp becomes just you're all thumbs and you cannot uh, juggle a ball to save your life. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, the pressure. It just it hits you when the timing starts going down. It really does. Yeah. It is a little bit different. Uh, you got to get out of the pinball headspace in that... You do. Absolutely. Other than the flipper flipping the ball, it's not about hitting pop bumpers. It's not about ricocheting the ball anywhere. Um, it's really not. I it's think it's um, about advancing the ball forward. Um, that's exactly what it is. It's. Um, I, I think the the whole mantra that Zen uses here that it's a it's a game telling a story just happens to have flippers with it as well. Yeah. Um, and in this case, it's a it's your goal is to solve puzzles with your things that look like flippers. Now, if you have your headphones in and you're listening to it, the flippers actually have almost like a motorized noise to them rather than a thwack thwack noise. Hmm. So it, it really does suggest that if you're listening closely, you get cues to say, these aren't really flippers. These are more right. just control mechanisms to shoot the ball at one path or another. And I think, I think it might've been Nick Barb, uh, Nick might've said something as well um, on when he was playing it as well. And it was uh, that, yeah, oh yeah, it's Railroad City. Um, you know, there's, you know, there seems to be only one right shot to take and one wrong shot to take off each flipper. And if you get the wrong shot, you you mess up. Right. And looking with an objective eye, I think he's probably got a point there. Um, it, it does seem to be a bit railroaded in some aspects of it. But geez, I tell you what, if you put that aside, that soundtrack is amazing. <laughs> And it fits the theme perfectly. And I will I, I will admit that probably it's the very first video game that I've actually gone and purchased the soundtrack for. Um, 
it was available and I, I pulled the trigger on it and I have no regrets. It is a exceptional piece of um, audio um, music. <laughs> what, what is interesting is, is that uh, each level introduces kind of a new aspect for uh, what you're shooting at because in level three, it becomes these little cannons that fire your mm. pinball and you're picking which path to fire the pinball on and unfortunately at the distance that it's firing you can't necessarily tell what the better path is until you that's crucial it yourself um, it's crucial to get it right as well so that that's kind of interesting and surprising um i tried doing dead passes yeah they don't work <laughs> no they don't so that's why i said you gotta even though it looks like pinball you gotta kind of throw out some of your pinball think um yeah to it There's, now here's um, the question here's the question i have for you though is about pricing hmm. Because yep. I can swear the price is going up the more I play. <laughs> oh, really? Well, at first I thought it was a 99-cent game. Yeah. And so then when I decided to actually see how much it was going to cost you bump up, I could have sworn it said $1.99. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. And then today I was playing it, and I pushed the button to buy premium or whatever, and it said $2.99. <laughs> so okay. how much did you pay for it, Jared? I paid, it was advertised at 99 cents on the store, and that translated to $1.29 Australian. Um, so I bought it, well, as soon as I heard about it, I bought it and insta-bought the unlock for it, pretty much, because I knew I was onto a good thing. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess it's uh, the early bird gets the cheap unlock, hey? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, just, I was worried if it was one of these things where it's like, oh, you're enjoying the game, are you? Oh, you're avoiding paying for it. So, well, we got a little trick for you. The next time you push that button to buy, it's going to cost more. <laughs> that would be so neat if they did. <laughs> like, maybe but, I should delete the game off of here and... Uh, hmm. Remove the cache and then install it on another Apple device and right. then... <laughs> so, I yeah. don't know. Maybe, maybe I need to go to the App Store and actually see what it costs on the app store i just it, yeah. it's one of those things where i was like that's really odd that i can sworn that i saw one price and then it's not there anymore it's um, a bit unusual I'll yeah admit that. yeah but it's um, i'm glad you're enjoying it so that's the main thing yeah speaking of uh purchases that you might be able to make in the per uh in the future so Stern has allowed Farsight to make the announcement. Actually, Farsight didn't make the announcement. It's Stern that made the announcement. Uh, Stern Pinball App will be available this Christmas on Xbox and PlayStation. Oh, good news for console owners. They'll be able I'm... to wait six or eight months until packs of tables are announced. But that's okay because they're probably going to be releasing tables every six or eight months anyhow. So, Well, here's the interesting thing. The, it looked like it was physical copy packaging. Oh, like they really? showed the, the, they showed a picture, and it looked like of a box. It looked like two boxes, you know, one for Xbox, one for PlayStation. So oh. I'm wondering if they're doing what Farsight did with uh, Pimble Arcade on PS4, where they released a hard disk version of it, um, and then obviously down the line, probably you'd be able to add the DLC. Yeah, that's very interesting. They didn't give a lot of details of. Like I said, when I saw the, the, I think when I saw Facebook post, it was basically saying, hey, Merry Christmas. This will be available in time for the holidays. Uh, there was, there's a thread on the uh, Pimble Arcade fans forum that initially they had actually given a hard date in November and quickly pulled that. 
Yeah, because let's be honest. <laughs> it's, well, I don't know. I reckon... Again, this is Stern, not Farsight, making any of these announcements. Okay. So, so Stern had a, had a release date, but yes. then hastily pulled it. Okay. <laughs> That's now, interesting. That, whether that means that maybe they're trying to throw one more table, uh, one of the newly announced tables on there or something like that, I don't... Again, there's been very minimal information, and people are kind of laughing about um, uh, now about Stern and their uh, publicity department, where they're like, they clearly got a lot to learn too. Um, yeah, yeah, it's funny. Like their first uh, foray into digital entertainment is uh, somewhat. I don't know whether it's rocky, but it's certainly <laughs> something they're finding their feet with. And then they did say, though, coming soon to. Uh, Android, iOS, and Steam. So it's yep. it is a matter of us having to wait for those, but uh, they're going to get it out to the consoles first. And I desperately, really, really hope that they're able to do the Zen model and have when it comes time, everything releases day and date for everybody, so that we are yeah. not having this issue with the PS4 and Xbox people going. Oh, hey, yeah, it's great that you announced a table release. I guess I'll see it next year. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It, it, it does suck, and there's really a does. reason why I switched over to PC and got yep. off that console train because I could see where it was going, and it wasn't going anywhere. Um, no, it was not good at all. Beyond that, I'm pretty much out of pinball news. Yeah, I think I kind of am too, actually. Uh, well, what a wonderful place to then stop this. I guess we probably should stop. Otherwise, yeah, we'll just keep on rambling about random stuff. Right, we, we rambled last week. If you like the rambling, just listen to that again. Um, mm. <laughs> but instead, savor this. Suckle on it. Spread it out. Instead of listening to it at one and a half speed, listen to it at half speed. Um, yeah, you're not going to be getting another Blockade podcast for a couple of weeks here. Um, yep. In which time, who knows what we'll learn? Maybe twelve days of pinball Christmas. Again. <laughs> <laughs> well, they would dare do that again, would they? Oh, I think they might dare. I don't know. Oh. It's, it's possible. Oh um, man! In the meantime, hey folks, if you want, and it, I think it would be very handy uh, to help our friend Graham, if you are running Pinball Arcade on any number of devices, why don't you go ahead and uh, send us a note? Again, to our email, blah, blah, blockade at gmail.com. Let us know what the device is. Let us know how it runs. Um, mm, absolutely. Does it, does it chug? Does it fly? I, you know, let us know what devices you found work the best with this, and then we can pass it along to everybody else and say, hey, this is what everybody's saying is wonderful to play Pimble Arcade on, or mm. this sucks. Um, I have recently gotten a laptop that was given to me and it's a laptop from 2013, and it's kind of, you know, your entry-level laptops. I'll be loading Pinball Arcade on it soon enough and see if that's even an option for somebody to travel around with, um, uh, see how it functions on that. So, mm, Good test. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll try and bring some news on the, uh, on the laptop PC front, too, and uh, let you all know with that. But please, drop us a line. Let us know what you want to hear back when we do come back uh, from Jared's vacation that I'm not invited mm. to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't get to come along, Chris. You can come along in spirit. Just have a look on Twitter. I'll be probably posting some pictures to make you all jealous of me yeah. shipping, uh, shipping champagne in business class as we fly okay. around. Okay, yes, yeah. you do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Secretly, says under his breath, you suck! 
We certainly appreciate everybody's feedback and we love getting topics because sometimes it helps us, uh, you know, feed the show like it did today. Feed the monster. Feed that monster. Well, everybody, uh, if you haven't done your holiday shopping, we do still sell t-shirts, represent.com forward slash blockade dash shirt. Buy one for, you know, for the holidays. They make great sleepwear shirts too. Um, Much better than a daggy, a daggy sweater. Exactly. Um, and, uh, also don't forget to, uh, jump on loot crate and, uh, make sure you drop all, all of our info in there so that we get some uh, credit for that. There's been some interesting things that they've been doing on loot crate. Uh, most recently they were doing uh, doctor strange kind of figurines or, or loot packs. Um, Ooh, and no doubt fun, they'll man. be doing another, no doubt they'll be doing another star Wars pack, uh, crate oh. for when, uh, row one comes out in less than a month. So, Oh Yes. We appreciate everything that you can do for us, and we'll continue doing this show for you. So, until next time, I have been Chris Freebus. He has been Jared Morgan. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. WizardAmusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. WizardAmusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blarcade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball. Because as we said, you're not going to be getting another uh, pinball blockade. Wow, what did I say there? Pinball blockade. blockade. Like that. (laughs) 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 Blockadepinball.com if you want to go get anything. But